guys, it's Eva and I'm here with another episode of Currently Binging, the podcast about all things TV and movies. If you're listening for the first time, welcome. Make sure you hit that subscribe button on whatever platform you're listening to my voice on. Also, take that extra second to rate. And in addition, if you like, leave a comment. (laughs) That is greatly appreciated. But we are going to hop right into this. This is one of my favorite types of episodes to do. This is a roundup where essentially, because you guys know I can talk for forever if you've been listening for a while. So usually with roundups, there are shorter discussions on multiple things that I have watched. And mostly they were Netflix roundups, but because streaming has become what it is, it is more so a streaming roundup. Well, that's what today is because <laughs> we're talking about two different um, two different shows and two different streaming services, which is still like, there's still a lot, but whatever. So before we get into that, I did want to like talk about December because usually I take a break <laughs> at the end of December and come back in the new year. I'm still chewing on if that's what I want to do. I feel like there are some things that are releasing this month, like in the later half of the month. Well, we're already in the later half of the month, but there are some things that I do want to discuss, like Wonder Woman. There are some shows also that I want to discuss. And you guys know, um, actually, I need to check on when this actually comes back. But Sabrina usually drops around this time. Or was it just a special? I feel like I'm starting to see a bunch of things about um, Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. And we know this is the last season. So, of course, I'm going to talk about that because I talked about every season before this one. So, I want to talk about that. But, yeah, so there's just a lot. And I'm trying to figure out how we want to do this. Also, I used to sometimes do a little, um, like, end of the year recap. Like, what was good, what wasn't so good. Most likely not doing that this year. You guys know this year has been insane. There hasn't really been a lot of, um, at least on the movie front, a lot of consistency for me to even try to come up with a best source list. And then as far as the TV goes, you guys know how I have felt about TV this year and the things that I wanted to talk about, I've talked about on here. Um, I think the only thing that it would catch would be things that I watched that I didn't necessarily talk about, but I think I talked about the big moments. And so, you guys can go back and see what I had to say about that. So, I mean, it's not completely off the table, but I'm just putting it out there that most likely we will not be doing that this year. And then just preparing for 2021. I feel like everyone thinks 2021 is going to be this big light switch and everything's going to magically be better. I'm sorry, you guys know I (laughs) am a skeptical person, so I know that will not be the case, but I'm excited to um, get into hopefully some great new shows and great um, movie releases because there's been so much news around movies like that whole HBO Max thing and everyone losing their shit over that. I mean, I haven't talked about my opinions on that, but I can see the pros and cons both ways. I think because these movies are so expensive to make, so much work goes into creating these movies that is just like, I just don't see how HBO Max doesn't come out with a loss (laughs) doing it this way. And then some of these movies are made for that big screen. And I know we always talk about theaters are going to go out of, um, are going to be a thing of the past. I think this year has proven that we can watch things at home and like have a great experience. And you guys know, I try to set up my home experience to feel as grand as possible. But there are just some things that just needs to be on that huge theater screen. So I don't know. I can see both sides of it. But yeah, that's not what you guys came here to hear me talk about. You came here to hear me discuss Saved by the Bell and industry. So we're going to uh, start with Saved by the Bell. And again, this is a roundup. So don't expect like, it's only two shows. So it could get a little long, but I just don't think that they're going to be as long as could be like the previous one Hardy Boys where we talked about that show for almost an hour that's not going to be the case here so say by the bell I knew about this reboot so this is say by about the reboot I knew about this reboot um and I heard 
talkings and discussions about it, didn't really pay attention to when that would actually, like when we would actually be able to see and watch the show and had no clue what network it was going to be on any of that. And then all of a sudden I start, and you guys know this year has been really weird. And I told you guys, I haven't been as on it with like keeping up with (laughs) news and what's coming up and all that other stuff, just because (laughs) it's just been crazy. So I haven't really been doing that. And so all of a sudden I start seeing, um, like little, I don't even know what, what we, what do we call these things? But like little ad moments, I guess, on, um, because you guys know I watch my, I have the Apple TV device and that's what I use to watch uh, a lot of my, everything that I stream because it's all in one place. So I started an Apple TV, like their own little app. They like recreated it because they launched the Apple TV plus and then they like recreated the whole homepage. So I started seeing Saved by the Bell stuff like appearing there. And I was like, what is this? And it was like, it's on Peacock. And I had seen things about Peacock. Not, don't get me wrong. I feel like I talk about the amount of streaming services that I have because I literally have way too many. But when I first started hearing about Peacock, I was just like, I cannot do another streaming service. So I never really paid attention to Peacock, even though they were like, oh, it's free, it's free, blah, blah, blah. I started to look into Peacock like probably a couple months ago because I saw that Mr. Mercedes was going to be on Peacock. Never discussed Mr. Mercedes on this podcast because it was always with, I think it was like AT&T or something. It was the AT&T original. So I never really talked about it because I was only able to legitimately watch the first season because my mom had it, but then she canceled and she like has something completely different. And so I tried to find ways to watch the second season. I think I was only able to watch halfway through that season then I gave up and of course they had a third season and I read the book and I love the book and so I was just like I really want to watch the show so when I saw that I was like oh so I went to look into it and it was like oh it's free so I downloaded Peacock went to go watch and it was like you need to have the paid version to watch it so it felt a little misleading to me because every advertisement that I saw about Peacock made it seem like it was free (laughs) but the things that I actually would want to watch on Peacock, I had to have the paid plan for. So I was like, whatever. Then when I saw Saved by the Bell uh, had dropped and I was like, do I want to watch Saved by the Bell? I I was a big watcher of Saved by the Bell, like the original. I think I followed them all the way through. I mean, I've seen, I've pretty much followed them everywhere, all the way up to Zach and Kelly getting married, the little extra specials that I did. Like, I love Saved by the Bell. And then after that, when I started doing all the spinoffs and stuff, that's when I wasn't really paying attention anymore. And so when I looked at it and I was like, well, let me go see who's actually coming back in this. And pretty much everyone, as far as like our main, like, friend group was coming back, except for screech and it was like lisa makes an lisa makes an appearance or whatever but then i saw they all have producer credits so i was like okay we'll watch it so i ended up doing the free seven day trial of peacock through apple tv so that i could watch it and honestly it was not that bad they're 30 minutes um and this is the same thing i kind of felt when i feel this way about all these shows that get like a reboot, but still includes original the original cast. So we're talking about a Fuller House. We're talking about Girl Meets World, Raven's Home, all those shows. When you watch them now, and I don't know if it's just me, because I was like those shows were cheesy, especially like a Full House, super cheesy. But I feel like, and I said this when I I feel like I said this before, but Girl Meets World versus Boy Meets World. I always felt like Boy Meets World was a little more serious than Girl Meets World. But then I started to think about it. See, this is where I get. And I'm like, I felt like that way about even Full House, even though Full House was cheesy, it still felt a little more serious than when we got Fuller House, which was just like a cheese fest. But I I still watched it because it was enjoyable to watch. And I felt the same way about (laughs) this reboot where Saved by the Bell was cheesy. It had its funny moments, but I feel like they dealt with serious topics. So it did feel a little more serious. Whereas this... It felt, it felt extra cheesy. And I hate to keep using cheesy, but I just cannot think of another word to use in place of it. So it was 10 episodes, 
30 minutes, about between 25, 30 minutes each. We are essentially, of course, our main cast has grown up. Zach and Kelly are still married. Um, Zach is the governor, <laughs> which is so random. Um, Slater is the gym teacher <laughs> at uh, the school. And then uh, Jesse, she is the counselor at the school. So Zach and Kelly have a son, which is soon before they even show, told us names, but they showed us. I was like, that is Zach's kid <laughs> because <laughs> he looked like a 2020 Zach from uh, Zach Morris from like the past, but in present time. So I knew that was their kid. Um, Jesse had a son, Jamie. Slater has no kids. Uh, Lisa has no kids. She We only see her once again. And in, in, I think it was the finale episode. And is that all the kids or all the uh, adults? Yeah. So then we get this slew of new kids. So essentially what happened is that Zach passed a bill and made a decision that ends up closing a, a lower a school in a... Um, lower oh my gosh why am I struggling with words right now ends up closing a one of the public schools or both public schools which is in a community that is not as influent as the school that uh Zach's kid and Jesse's kid is in and so essentially these kids from this um lower income driven community that all the kids get split up and then we have a group of kids who ends up coming to uh, school with Bel Air. Is it Bel? It's Bayside. Why do I want to call it Bel Air? Bayside High. <laughs> and so they were introduced to all these new kids. I'm not going to lie to you. You guys know. I sometimes struggle with <laughs> the new, like the new, new, new never done anything before young actors because it is very clear and apparent and sometimes you can get away with it with these types of shows that are supposed to be a little more on the funnier side or whatever but I think it was clear from the beginning who had worked not only who had worked on something prior but like even what they worked on if they worked on mostly tv or if they had worked on film type or had film type of roles it was clearly apparent between the kids and the guy playing Zach's kid, Mac, I should start using their names. There's so many, this is going to be the case for industry too. It's just so many characters you got to keep track of. But um, Mac, I was like, why does he look so familiar? You guys, if you've listened for a while, you know, my guilty pleasure is Lifetime movies. Talk about cheese fest, horrible acting, all that great stuff. Same plot lines, predictable, all that. Don't care. If I have a Sunday where I have absolutely nothing to do, I can just sit on the couch and watch Lifetime all day. I'm not even embarrassed to admit that. So I was like, why does this kid look so familiar? And he has been in Lifetime movies. So that's what I recognized him for, him from. Then I saw Josie Toda uh, as a, had a producer credit. And I was like, who is this? And so then I Googled her and I was like, why does at first I was like why does his name look familiar but I don't know who this is and then I was like why does this clearly they're young why does this young person have a producer credit on a show it just was not correlating so I googled and saw her, saw her pictures and I was just like she looks familiar but I don't know what I would have ever seen her in so then of course <laughs> one time tv she's on a lot of Disney things which I'm too old for Disney at this moment so I would not have even I was like okay whatever I mean, maybe that's why she gets a producer credit. But then I was like, oh, wait a minute. She was in Glee. And um, this was before she transitioned to a woman. So she was identified as a male or presented as a male when she was on Glee. And so I was like, oh, my gosh, that makes sense. That's why she looks so familiar. So I was like, OK, that makes sense. All these other kids, never seen them in, in, oh, no, no, no. The kid who played Devante, well, they're not really kids. I'm like, the kid, the kid, the kid. 
but you guys get what I'm saying. The kid who, the guy who played Devante, Dexter Darden, I recognized him immediately. I was like, I've seen him in movies. And this is what I was talking about. Like you could tell who acted on TV versus acted in film stuff. Cause it just seemed like a little more, it didn't seem bad in a way. I don't want to say that the acting was bad, but it was, it seemed more natural. We'll just say that. So he had been in the um, Maze Runner movie. And he also was in something else, which I cannot remember at the moment that, but I've seen him in. So I've seen him in a couple of things. So it was all the Maze Runners and, um, he's in the binge on Hulu. Didn't watch that because that's not really my genre. So I mainly mostly have seen him in Maze Runner. He played Fry Pan and he's done some other things. He actually has a lot of credits, but <laughs> so yeah, all the, uh, outside of that, the rest of the kids, no clue, never seen them in anything else before. Daisy, who was our main, um, she's like our Zach of the 2020s. And she's played by Hesquiri Velasquez. And I mean, I think she did a great job. I think the thing, this was definitely one of those shows or it fit the times because I feel like a lot of these shows that we get now where we're based in high school and things like that, they are speaking to things that affect and impact those kids. So living situations, money, um, a lot of comparisons between like having money and not having money, trying to make the Bayside kids more aware of their privilege. Um, even like straight out the game, when they first come in and they have the um, class president race going on. Like, just starting from the jump on that, uh, everything that was going on, like, Devante and how he was called out by one of the students. It was, like, he, him and his mom pretty much made up a story saying that he got beat up by Devante and then going throughout. So, it was a lot of, like, awareness going on in this, which I think... Say by the bell, at least in some aspects back then used to be like, but even so now, like with everything that's going on, I'm assuming this was filmed prior to the pandemic or they probably wrapped up. No, this was prior because I remember I went to the kids Instagrams and it looks like they filmed this. They did the filming like last year. So even with everything that kind of exploded while this pandemic has been going on, we still kind of have those main storylines. So I think that worked. Um, we had Aisha, played by Alicia Pasquale Pena. <laughs> oh my gosh, I get so tongue tied. She never seen her anything, but I thought she was an interesting character. I got to see her um, be advocate for herself and be like a strong female character as far as think or making it aware that she is not only equal to, but better than the guys when it comes to football and owning it and getting that spot on the football team and um, kind of like being that leader in that aspect. And then we also get to see the friendship between her and Daisy. Then we have Jamie Spano, who's played by Belmont. Camelli hadn't seen him in anything prior. This is uh, Jesse's son, very much hand-fed, mouth-fed, hand-to-mouth, like still attached to the boob type of a child. <laughs> Dumb as rocks, which is surprising because like Jesse was super smart in school and she was like, go get her, all that stuff. And so then she produced this kid who you would think or you would hope that she would have been, she would have been like, more on it. I don't know. She just seems to like handhold him a lot. Uh, but so that's him. And then our principal, uh, principal Todman played by John Michael Higgins. So, I mean, overall, it wasn't horrible to watch. It was fun to watch. We don't know if we're getting a second season. Uh, I wouldn't be opposed to a second season. I know a lot of this first season was the disruption of the kids moving um, from their shutdown school into Bayside High and then like the um, prejudice 
sees that they face there, not only from like the students, but even the parents and the parents trying to force them out of the school, reopening the school. And then the kids making a decision like, no, they want to stay there because they've created these friendships. It's just like, duh. I just feel like that's super disruptive to keep moving kids back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, because these are the years where they need the most stability, in my opinion, coming from the person we know kids. But I mean, that's just that's just how I feel about it. <laughs> so um, we saw all that. We got to see a lot of um, moments between the kids. So initially we had Jamie and Lexi who were a thing. We always knew, or not Lexi, <laughs> Jamie and Aisha who were a thing. We always knew Le- Lexi had a crush on Jamie. So Lexi, Jamie, and Mac grew up together because, duh, look at who their parents are outside of, like, Lexi because we don't really meet her parents. <laughs> but um, so we knew that. And so then Aisha and Jamie were kind of working for a little bit. But then, cause, I don't know, Jamie's just... And even for the drive that Aisha has, and she kind of questions questions herself a lot throughout the season, but it's just like, girl... We can find someone better. Jamie might be cute, but we can find someone better than a Jamie for you. Even for Lexi, too, because I'm just like, he just, it just seems like there's nothing there at all. But essentially, that falls apart. Um, And when that falls apart, I did not like the scene where Lexi and Mac were working to force make it fall apart. Because I just, I feel some type of way about those types of things. But it naturally falls apart because Aisha makes the decision because she wants to focus on herself. But in doing that, it pushes Jamie towards Lexi. And so then now it looks like they have something starting. But then Aisha changed her mind. But then she sees that. I will say I loved like that we're just... And this is one like... When I still hear stories, and I guess it depends on where you, where you live, about like, kids not feeling accepted, being bullied, all those other things. Um, especially for kids who um, either like want to come out or they are out or kids who are want to transition or in the process of transitioning and you hear those stories but it was great to see like that this show which is very much it was positivity all around about um Lexi's story and there wasn't we didn't see any negativity around surrounding her as far as like her her journey is concerned so I appreciate seeing that and I'm sure you know like Josie probably <laughs> was like, I'm going to be in this. We're going to make sure. So um, that was great to see. But and it was great to have that storyline, that perspective, and even have the um, ability to see Lexi get the guy that she wanted, which was Jamie, even though, like I said, Jamie, I feel like you got you girls can do better than, than Jamie for sure. Uh, Dexter, Dexter, that's the, that's his real name. Devante was an interesting story. It was great to see him kind of, um, shoving up against the stereotypes that we kind of, that you probably, or people could come in having about him initially and seeing like, he loves music. He loves to perform. He's actually a kind person, takes care of his grandmother, like all those things. And just seeing, and it was also great. Cause you're kind of like, you don't really, you see him have interactions with the kids, but you also got this, I think he had the most interactions with the adults. So I'm talking about like Principal Topman, um, Slater. So it was great to see that. And I think that's, that worked because I feel like he could handle having those. And I'm talking about from like that, an acting standpoint, point, but also just from that character, he could handle having that screen time and those, um, those moments with the dots in this. The people who are think I was the most disappointed. Okay. We're we're gonna do this. We're gonna do it this way. Daisy, for Daisy to have been like our 2020 Zach. I thought it was great. One that we didn't immediately go in and be like, oh, it's gonna be Mac is gonna be the lead of this. Like we have this um girl who's going to do it and it's a girl of color who's going to do it so I appreciated that I think she was very driven had a lot of great moments throughout this but there were times where I was like because I felt like just going back to the old say by the bells a lot of it was around Zach and it 
didn't really feel like everything was around Daisy. And even previous Day by the Bells, like previous Day by the Bell, the previous or like the OG Say by the Bell, we still had like we because why did we love Say by the Bells? Because we got to know like the kids and we got to follow their relationships and all that stuff. But there was always like the one anchor because we knew the main story was Zach, but we also had these moments moments with all the other kids. And so in the beginning, I was struggling with Daisy being that person because I felt like the way we were setting it up, it didn't seem like I didn't understand. I didn't feel the why in it. I think having a moment where we go to her home, we kind of see our home life a little bit helped boost it up. So if we are to see a second season, just more so propping it up like she is outside of having her little moments where like we do the freeze, the freeze moments or whatever, outside of having that, like being like Daisy is the lead of the show essentially because at times I didn't feel like that and that's also something we run into when we do these reboots and you have the original cast a lot of times there can be worry that that original cast will take away from the new cast I don't really feel that way I think that their stories were so interlocked that when we saw them it made sense and it wasn't just these one-offs and even for Zach and Kelly because we didn't really see a lot of them like we saw them in the beginning and then we saw them a couple of times later on um in the season so I think we paced it great that way but I just wanted to be like like hand clap loud Daisy is our girl (laughs) like I wanted to feel more like that um and then Mac for him to be Zach's kid I'm sorry but like Zach was not the smartest either and he kind of was full of himself a little bit but Mac just came up as an idiot and was just like there to be there because he's Zach's kid and there wasn't really a lot of substance to him and I feel like they tried to give it to us when we when they started to talk about his relationship with Zach but I don't know I'm gonna need them to go back relook maybe rejudge a little bit and then <laughs> give us something else for a possible season two because I just feel like I felt like he was just there to be there and there to like be that person who was like I don't know I just felt like he was there to be there <laughs> if I'm gonna be honest like I wanted I expect more from Zach Morris's kid and I felt like I wasn't really getting that and it's not really a knock on the actor although like I said, I could, I immediately could tell he was from Lifetime because like, I know I, it was just giving me Lifetime a little bit, but also I think he has, a, he presented that he has the potential to be like funny and kind of be that Zacky type of person. Although I feel like that we don't need a Zach 2.0. I just feel like we need more substance, but for him, and also Jamie. Although Jamie, I feel like, okay, because we're going all the way. We're going all around. Also, I didn't preface this by saying that, like, <laughs> I can go all over the place when discussing these things. So, it's like, you're not going to get super linear discussion, but just FYI. But anyway, I feel like if we want to talk about story arcs, I think Aisha had a good story arc. I think Jamie had a good story arc. And I think... Lexi had a good story arc. We were talking about the kids. Therefore, Daisy, huh, Mac, definitely not. So I feel like those are things that we could highlight better in a potential second season. So in saying that, because, you know, this is a roundup, so we got we to gotta wrap it up. In saying that, we do not have news on a confirmed second season I did read that it sounds like they are already like working on the second season because you know that's what they do but um we don't have the official go ahead from like Peacock like yeah we're picking this up for a second season so we'll see on that but if we already get a second season again the things that I said I wanted to feel like Daisy is our girl 100% I think all the kids have interesting stories, especially Lexi. But at moments, it felt like Lexi was our Zach and Daisy was not. So I wanted to be screamed from the rooftop. Daisy is it. 
a little bit more. I'm gonna need a little bit more from Mac, considering whose kid he is. And yeah, I think that was super high level. And I feel like there's so much more we can go into. But it was great to see the LG cast. It was great to see Lisa for the, what was it? 30 seconds that we got to see her, see her um, on screen. We did not see Screech. Apparently Screech is in space working. But also I was reading an article and they were like, more more so, and especially if you've been following like Say Bye Bell for forever, you, we know that uh, there was a lot going on behind the scenes with Dustin Diamond who plays Screech. And we know he released that tell out book. And then it was like, oh, it was all lies. He's had a lot of things happen in his personal life, like a sex tape, uh, being arrested, <laughs> like a lot of crazy things. So I don't know where the crew, the group is personally as far as being like, oh, welcome to the reboot. But uh, who was it who was in the interview that I was reading? I want to say it was the one of the showrunners, but I could be wrong. But she was essentially saying like, Screech had no ties to any of the storylines for this season, but they're not closing out the possibility that he could in the future. But, you know, I'm not going to leave, put all my eggs in that basket, but we shall see. So, yeah, that was Saved by the Bell. And now we're going to get into Industry, which was on HBO Max. Um, This is a new show. And I'm going to preface this again in case you are hopping in and starting at the industry discussion. Welcome. But I also tend to hop around a lot. So this is not going to be a linear discussion. And again, this is a roundup. So we're probably, we're not going to talk, we're not going to be able to get into everything in the nitty gritty. It's going to be super high level and we can get into all the nitties and nickerties offline. So with that being said, Industry. This is a new show. It was on HBO Max. Almost didn't watch it. When I saw Industry, first of all, Industry is not that compelling of a title for a show. Um, well, it says HBO Max, but like essentially HBO. So there are a lot of like outside things to talk about with the show because a lot of things happen out of order that most likely probably should not have happened. When I saw Industry and I was like, well, what is this about? And I watched the trailer. I still didn't really understand <laughs> what the show was about. It was like, okay, a bunch of Gen Zers, because like you can't really say millennials anymore, right? Gen Zers, it seems, who work in the it'll be the finance world, so work like stocks and things. It but it's not based in America. It looks like it's based in the UK. The, there's an American there. So it was just like, okay, what what the heck is this? Didn't really do any research before I started watching it. I was like, okay, let's give it a roll. When I tell you <laughs> that this show is a leave everything on the table type of a show, like we got into everything, the drugs, the sex, and like I am not a stranger to these things because I watch a lot of things but this was like in your face to the point where I was like what is the rating for this some of the stuff was like could be considered soft porn if you will but then it was like it's HBO so how do you really but it was a lot going on and then when I was like oh wait a minute who is one of the producers? I saw like Lena Dunham was one of the producers, I believe, on this. Honestly, haven't really watched much with her in it. I did not watch Girls um, at all. I know there's been like a lot of things about her um, that were problematic. But then I was like, okay, that makes sense as far as <laughs> what's going on in the show and why everything is just like really in your face. So I was like, okay, whatever. So got past that and I was like, maybe it's just the first episode, but no, it was literally every single episode. And again, we're get, dealing with a young pool of kids or not, they're not kids, they're young adults. So a young pool of adults, 
doing pretty much everything and I have no clue. I mean, I was seeing articles that were like, this is not how the finance, this is not what they do in this industry, like the drugs and all that stuff. I don't know. I'm not in that industry. Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised. A lot of things don't surprise me these days, but like from one extreme to the next extreme, everything just seemed extreme. Then we had our main character. So I feel like there were two covers, but the main cover that they show, which I felt I don't know if I'm the only one who felt this way, but the main one that I was seeing that was showing up on the, uh, in the HBO Max app is the one where they're like all kind of staggered, but in one straight line. So, and at the end, at the point of the line essentially is supposed to be, um, Harper, but Harper is our main character and is like our our lead of the show but I feel like it's kind of overshadowed because Yasmin is like way in super focus so in the way that they're all like staggered it kind of doesn't seem like the focal point of the show is Harper even though she is but then there's another cover that has um where it shows like industry and vertical and then all of the kids are like within the uh letters and then Harper is at is like standing is behind the eye or whatever, however they, they overlaid the eye over her. And I was like, okay, that makes sense. So I don't know. That was a random thing that I thought. Also, <laughs> I was like, I don't know. I almost was not going to finish the show. It was only eight episodes and they were about 45 minutes to an hour actually I don't think any any episode is actually an hour but like it's a, a standard drama length of time for a show and I was like I don't know if I want to keep watching this because I didn't feel the drive to like it wasn't keeping my interest to the point where I was like oh I want to keep watching because I found myself doing other things while I was watching it but then <laughs> Uh, this was around, this was during Thanksgiving. So this is giving away how long ago I watched this, but this was around Thanksgiving and HBO Max, I think. So, and I also, this seems to be a thing where we're dropping the first three episodes of shows and then we're doing like one episode after the other. Actually, I don't think they did this for this one, but that just made me think of all the shows that keep dropping like the first three episodes and then doing one show after other. Actually, no. They did do that for this. Don't quote me. I honestly can't remember. Again, pen, during this pandemic, my brain has been melting time together. So and not even just time, but things together. And I've still been watching things. So I feel like they're all just starting to mesh together. So <laughs> I could be wrong. Don't quote me. But they were like, we're just going to drop the... Essentially, by the time they set this, we had watched about three or four episodes and they were just like, oh, we're going to drop the rest of the episodes because they were releasing them on a weekly, in a weekly format, which was why I was like, I don't know if I want to keep watching this because it just seems like to drag the way that the story was going. It was just felt like it was dragging on and on and on. And honestly, I'm glad that I did finish it because I feel like it picks up in those later episodes and you're kind of like, okay, what's going on? Because essentially all these kids they're in competition to keep their roles at this prestigious, is it prestigious? <laughs> um, uh, company that has a super horrible work culture. And I'm just thinking like all the places that I've worked at and some, at some places I'm like, oh, the, the culture here sucks. But the culture at these places and I've never worked in the finance industry so I don't know how accurate this is but it just seemed like something I would not want to do in an industry that I would not want to work in and so we already kicked it off where we had one of the kids die from trying to be the best and uh taking still don't really know what he was taking but essentially he ended up dying at work and so you would think after that, they'd be like, oh, let's make sure they don't really, like they say it, but they don't really do it because Harper's boss, Eric, is 
just like in your face, kind of disrespectful, condescending type of person. Um, actually, all of the people who have some type of a leadership role at this place seem to be that way. Uh, and clearly, there is tension between him and Daria. And Daria has been working behind the scenes with, I didn't write down everybody's name. Again, this is another show that has 100 million people in it. And you have to be like keeping track of every single one. But essentially the head, head honcho of this place, apparently her and Daria are working behind the scenes to get Eric out. And so you kind of see like a power struggle between Daria and Harper in the beginning because Eric is forcing, well, it seems like he's forcing Harper to do all these like things and like take initiative and things like that. So one way you can see that is him trying to be like a supportive boss because it does come off that way a little bit in the beginning. But then as we pro progress, then it's like it becomes abusive. Like the whole scene when he locks her in, in the conference room. Disrespectful. I feel like those are terms for firing. <laughs> and yeah, no, I wouldn't feel safe either. So like you kind of have those things going on where it seems like he's trying to put or pit Harper against Daria and get Harper to like take over accounts and take initiative and do all these things behind Daria's back. Lo and behold, Daria is working behind the scenes with the head honcho to get him out. And so once she finds out from Harper about the whole conference room situation, he is immediately fired. And then Daria is the top person. But the problem with Daria, one, None of these characters are really likable at all. None of them. And I think that's also why I struggled with wanting to keep watching this because just none of them, even Harper, none of them were likable people. And I just was like, <sighs> you guys know when I talk about shows like this where I just don't like anyone, it's like, oh, I just don't want to keep watching. <laughs> but um, the problem with Daria is that she just seems like someone you just don't want to you don't want to talk to, you don't want to work with. Uh, she's very much stuck in her own way. She doesn't want to, like a lot of times, especially now, now that's why they're like, oh, millennials, they're, they're like, everyone should get this and everyone should get that. But like, you want to feel like you're, con everyone's contributing. <laughs> you want to feel like your opinion is at least, if not, if it's not, if we're not going to go with your opinion, at least it looks like you're listening to um, what the other person has to say. So it was just a lot of times she would come off that way. And so there was that. But then also as we're getting towards the end, and don't get me wrong, Harper, I was like, girl, when she went, she busted in that room when Daria was talking to Yasmin, I was like, oh my gosh, Harper girl, if you don't go sit down, first of all, maybe you need to take a nap or something. But I was just like, so frustrated with her because, because, um, I was so frustrated with her because I just felt like she was making her situation worse with every single thing that she did. And so when she confronted Daria in the room when she's in Yasmin and then she confronted her on the elevator and pretty much was like making herself sick because this was right before they had to do their final presentations before they would find out who would essentially get extended an offer to stay with the company to the point where she <laughs> froze but just Daria just did not seem like someone who I was like between Daria and Eric I probably would have preferred Eric because Daria just did not seem like someone who I would want to work under. And so when you have that whole moment at the end where because of that whole exchange and because um, prior to the presentation and how Harper did in the presentation and just the non-support that she felt, even though Daria had her, which I'm just like, girl, like, what, what were you trying to do? What were you trying to, like, I don't get that. I feel like there was a better way she could have had that I feel like they both could have it was a better way both of them could have a conversation but I don't think she helped herself either because essentially it left <laughs> um Hartford in this position where she had her guard up and she felt the need to be like well screw you I'm looking out for me which I mean that's the society we live in we're a me 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 society 
And Harper comes from a background of having to consistently grind and look out for herself. And so at the end of the day, the one who ends up stabbed in the back is Daria. And you just don't really feel bad for her because... I mean, honestly, I don't think I would have felt bad for anyone in this because they're just, <laughs> they're all just not great people. Yasmin as well, her whole relationship with her boyfriend and then the thing that was going on between her and um, Robert was weird. Yasmin, I don't know what she was doing. First of all, I struggled with her from the beginning because I felt like she thought the way that she could keep her job was to be like the errand girl. I'm just like, but you're not proving like your worth in your role. So once you start to see how Harper is kind of doing in the opportunities that are open up for her, then she's like, well, let me do this. But then she has all this drama going on with the guy, what was his name? Kenny. And then all that other stuff that was happening. And then was like, well, she saw how Daria was, um, I guess her and Daria kind of had a connection moment when they were in the meeting, her, Daria, and Harper. And so she's like, well, if I'm pretty much screwed on my team, then let me go talk to Daria and try to get on her team. But like, I don't know. It was just, I did not like anyone in this. Gus, super smart, super clever uh, guy. Super like upfront, real on point. But even he was still really not like a likable person. Robert, definitely not likable. All he did was drugs. And the fact that he went in there, like he literally didn't do, he was, I think the prime example of like white male privilege, which um, if you want to come for me, you can. But like he didn't really, he came here thinking that he can get whatever. And he did drugs, he partied, all this other stuff. And it was just like, why do you think you deserve this role? You did absolutely nothing <laughs> at all. So I don't know. It was, no one was likable. I know I keep saying that, but really no one was likable. I was not rooting for anyone. Um, some of the kids do end up getting extended offers. Gus got extended an offer, but he was like, <laughs> no, which was like kudos to him but this show did get picked up for a season two which I think is super interesting because based just based off of everything that happened in the finale where where the chips fell like Daria's out Eric's back in thanks to Harper uh the friendships that we thought they had <laughs> didn't really have uh for those who didn't make the cut. Like, are we going to see them in the second season? I don't know. This is an interesting show. It was an interesting show in a way to like, one is based in this finance world. And so I don't think we get a lot of shows like this specifically. So I guess it was interesting in that way. And it was that sense of drama where, especially towards, like, like I said, those last few episodes, I think kind of got the story moving a little quicker. I feel like also because we're in, for some reason, in the financial industry, the financial industry, the finance industry. I don't know. For some reason, I feel like things should be in. We're talking about like stocks and things like that. I feel like we should be moving at a super quick pace. And I think the beginning episode just felt so slow. But then all of a sudden, it seemed to pick, pick up, pick up, pick up. And I think this highlighted like a lot of as bizarre and off the wall and you could even argue unrealistic some of the scenarios were. A lot of them are super, uh, are things that happen in real life. The abuse of power, not only from like in the actual work environment, but even outside of the work environment where you're dealing with clients and things like that, like everything that happened between Harper and that woman, which I was just like, <laughs> what is going on? And then um, the pressures that, especially young people feel trying to make it because this is like their essentially it was like an internship and it's like your first big job type of a thing so there's pressure there uh and depending on where you're coming from if you're coming from money not coming from money coming from super high education not really coming from super high education how confident you are um in your ability 
to not only do your role, but own your role. So I think that it does talk about a lot about like real, real world scenarios that could be applied across industries, which I think is the appealing thing about it. But I also think there's a lot of oversaturation, like <laughs> of things that are just like, yeah, it's great to see. It's good to see. It's valid. These things are realistic. But I was like, some of it was just like, I don't really need to see some of this. <laughs> so <laughs> that is industry. And I don't know if you guys have more to add to that, but honestly, I really don't. I don't even know what I would want to see in the second season. I mean, I think, I don't, I honestly don't know. Maybe some fresh faces. I don't know. I feel like we, how things shook out. I think we just, it's just more so of a, more of a continuation of where things left off. But I think I would want to see it keep that like pace and not slow down. Cause I think once it slows down then that's where the show for me at least doesn't perform as well. So yeah, that was probably the final wrap, 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 final roundup of 2020. I, am planning to watch what was it called I literally just looked this up but I keep forgetting what it's called when it says like tiny little tiny little tiny pretty things I just saw that come up on my and my recommended recommends or whatever we want to call it on Netflix and you guys know I was like young adults drama dance murder those are all things that speak to me the, from the preview, though. The acting goes like it's not it's not going to be the best, but we're going to give it a chance and we may talk about it on the podcast. We shall see. But yeah, that's all I have for you guys. I want to know what you guys thought about Saved by the Bell and industry. You can let me know and I will talk to you guys in the next episode. That's the end of the episode. Thanks for sticking through it to the end. Be sure to follow me on all the social media platforms at currentlybenjamin on Instagram and at currentbenjamin on Twitter. Also, hit the subscribe button on whatever platform you listen to podcasts on, and I'll talk to you in the next one.